Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 46 of Alien Hunger. We're wrapping up a couple of pages of really, really useless material in this book. We're in the characters section. Yesterday we talked about Mina, the one-dimensional crazy housekeeper ghoul who hasn't left Edward's house in 30 years, and uh, therefore almost certainly you will never meet. Today we're discussing the other members of Edward's household, and we'll start with Lucy. The other one is Mina. This one's Lucy. Get it? Quote, Lucy is a much more recent ghoul of Edward's. She first tasted his blood in 1958 when Edward was hunting and noticed a prostitute with a remarkable resemblance to Mina. His curiosity piqued. He trailed her and made her one of his herd. He soon discovered her to have one of the most highly developed senses of self-preservation he had ever encountered. Making her a ghoul began to seem more and more attractive, especially since Mina was becoming more and more erratic. So basically, Edward ghouled Lucy, brought her on board to take over household chores from Mina, who had kind of gone feral over the years over the decades that he kept her in the house. So now Mina thinks Lucy is her daughter. Lucy kind of like cajoles Mina into doing what Mina needs to do. And Lucy really has responsibility for running the household. It says that she's fine being a ghoul, but she really wants to be a full-on vampire. And she's trying to talk Edward into it. And he's kind of warming up to it, but she's just really good at like doing the shopping and everything. So he's not really ready yet to make the leap. I don't have much else to say about Lucy, except that number one, her apparent age is mid-20s. We don't know what year she was ghouled, but we know that she was a member of Edward's herd for a while before he ghouled her and effectively stopped her aging. And that seems to be when she took over control of the household from Mina. And Mina hasn't left the house in 30 years, which would put that in 1961, probably when Lucy was ghouled and took over, which means Lucy would have been in her mid-20s in 1961 when her physical aging stopped. So it would have been three years earlier than that when she was, oh, around about 21, 22 years old, that Edward uh, somehow encountered her while she was doing sex work and decided to start feeding on her on the regular, out of respect, really, for, like, she's a survivor. She has such wise eyes is the thing, even though she's probably, like, she could have been even maybe 21 at the time that he met her uh, doing sex work somehow. And But then he was like, there's really something about her. Even though she's young, she's, she's an old soul. I got to keep biting this neck, you know, weekly. Because we get each other. Uh, but then she got a little bit older. So now she just kind of lives in his house and does the shopping. Finally, on this page, we have Roger Manot. He's Edward's oldest ghoul. He claims to have been around for 150 years. Edward wasn't the original vampire to ghoul him. Roger had a master who, uh, a domitor, as it is called, who got killed by the Sabbath, the, the wild evil vampires who are just barely developed at this point in vampire's history. So anyway, the ghoul survives his domitor and runs off, flees to Denver in 1980, Fortunately for Edward, he found out about Roger before any other vampires in town knew about him. So Edward brought Roger in, gave him a new source of vampire blood, you know, blood bound him to him. And now Roger is like Edward's secret agent. People in the city don't know about Roger. Roger is just like a competent ghoul all around fix it guy for Edward. He can spy. He can go do stuff for Edward. People aren't looking out for him because nobody knows that he exists. It says he spends most of his time watching over Edward's house from a distance. There's a slight amount of drama in the house because... There were some burglars who broke into Edward's place, 
and Roger had to come in and stop them. Mina saw him, and so now Mina is talking about having a son, which people initially thought of as like Mina's crazy, but now people are beginning to wonder, hey, is there like has there been somebody else in this house? But the key thing about that story is why the fuck would this ever come up? Why would we know anything about any of this? I just can't. Let's say that for some reason, against all odds, the player characters decide to go to Edward's house. We've specifically been told not to go there. There's nothing of interest there for us. It's not part of the plot, but let's just say that we go. Roger is watching the house from a distance. Now, it's going to be nighttime, right? Player characters, they're vampires, remember? So they, they go to the house at night. Roger's watching. He sees vampires going into the house. Multiple vampires. Like in the case of Vampire Drama Club, six fucking vampires. Is Roger, the glorified handyman, going to charge in there with a wrench and try to take them out? No. Not only would that be a bad idea for him, it would be a bad idea for Edward. Roger's a competent ghoul, but he can't take six vampires. Obviously, what he's going to do is call for backup. He has to call Edward at the bar. Be like, hey, I'm sorry to disturb your eternity of playing the best hits of the 60s and 70s, but you have intruders in the house. You need to come deal with them. If, if Roger is played with anything like intelligence and adherence to what is written here, we should never meet or know about Roger at all. His only function would be to get on the phone and tell Edward if we go to the house, which we won't and shouldn't. The dumbest thing in this page, Roger is the epitome of role-playing game characters who exist like only in the GM's prep document for the campaign. This is a person who exists in the world only in the GM's imagination, and the only time they're ever going to exist in a way that faces the players is when some shit happens that they don't and will never understand and they just shrug their shoulders about. Like, they sneak into a place and no alarms go off, blah, 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 but then when they're inside, they get jumped anyway. Like, how did they how did they find out what what happened? But there are so many possible answers. I mean, you could have been detected in any number of ways that you weren't aware of. Who knows? And who cares? Ultimately, like, it's not implausible that you would get spotted going into the prince's house. But it's not enough for the GM just to know that that's the thing that could happen. You have to have this whole elaborate backstory. Roger Menno, 150 years old, Domitor's attacked by the Savage. He came to Denver in 1980. Nobody else noticed him, but Edward did, so he hired him on and keeps him specifically secret because Edward has his public servants, but then one servant no one knows about to go out and spy on people. None of this will ever come up. None of this matters. I mean, Lucy, Mina, Roger, there's this little four-person soap opera happening in Edward's house that even if we went to Edward's house, I don't see how we would ever know or care about any of this. So yeah, Roger, the dumbest thing in this page the perfect example of a character who does not need to exist. J just a vestige of the storyteller doing narrative algebra behind the scenes to make sure that there's an in-world explanation, albeit a secret one, for who gets on the phone to tell Edward his shit is being robbed. Fortunately, unlike the storyteller, we don't need to be worried about the mundane shit happening in Edward's house. Who does the fucking shopping? Who cleans the rooms, which exist apparently only for the housekeeper to live in? That shit's none of our business. So we're moving on. Join me next time as we blessedly leave the Prince Ed household and learn about someone who at least exists somewhere on the streets of goth punk Denver where they might fight us on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, 
whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.